Welcome to the Tom Dupree Show. We are powered by Dupree Financial Group. And here's our host, Tom Dupree. So Elizabeth has to have her way on this. She, you know, wasn't going to let me go two and a half minutes. It's like two minutes. That's it. She's really becoming the music Nazi. And I just got to work on it. So tell us about what <laughs> band is playing this music <laughs> with the music playing behind while you still have time. <laughs> well, the band is the band playing the music. The band. And what album is it? Ah, uh, you know, I don't know. It's one says of the earlier ones. The greatest hits. Yeah, but that's <laughs> it didn't come out on a greatest hits album. That that's the later Oh, that makes way too much sense. No, no, no. It came <laughs> It came out on an earlier album and then they put all their albums together and they pick the best ones out of it and they do a greatest hits album. Okay, since I'm a literal person and the front of this album says greatest hits, <laughs> that's the album that is playing right now. So I'm taking that to the bank. Uh, and there is the end of the song. That was perfect timing. I, I think you cut it off early. Um, <laughs> now I have the hiccups. Wonderful. <laughs> now how am I going to do this show? Yeah. I was laughing. All right. So that's by the band. And, of course, the band was a band that Robbie Robertson was kind of the lead guy and Levon Helm was uh, the uh, sort of the personality. You know, they later had big arguments over who got the royalties and those sorts of things. Um, and they had several songs that were extremely popular, and then they had the movie of their concert called the last dance that was really well known of course i think they played at woodstock also and the band of course well not of course but just they had a certain place in american music that uh really no other band had it's sort of like a funkier Dixielandish version of Bob Dylan, sort of. And Ophelia is about that's that song about somebody that left town. Uh, they don't know where she is. And that's what the song's about. Some people say it was a black woman that he was having a relationship with. And we broke all the rules, darkened my door. I ain't buying that. That it's like trying to get into the Shakespeare, uh, you know, from Hamlet. But anyway. All right. I don't know. I, I just, every now and then, I get tired of analyzing music. Although... That's kind of what I like to do. Psalm 25.
starting at the 10th verse. All the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth unto such as keep his covenant and his testimonies. For thy name's sake, O Lord, pardon mine iniquity, for it is great. How many people do you know that actually say something like that? I have really messed up. I have screwed up. Not very many. Most people justify their actions. I did this because of that. If this hadn't happened, I would not have done this. Instead of, I did it and it was just plain wrong. Verse 12, what man is he that feareth the Lord? Him shall he teach in the way that he shall choose. How many people today actually say, you know, I need to be taught. I need to learn. No, they think they know how you do stuff. And they're not asking to be taught because they don't want to learn. I mean, it's just rampant. And the worse things get in society, it seems to me like the average person gets more doubled down on their way of doing things. Verse 13, his soul shall dwell at ease and his seed shall inherit the earth. The secret of the Lord is with them that fear him and he will show them his covenant. You're not going to learn anything from God unless you have reverence towards him. If you walk around assuming you know how he's going to do everything and leave no room for mystery and actually learning something new, you don't really have a relationship. You have something going on on your terms, but you're not partaking of a relationship. And finally, verse 15, mine eyes are ever toward the Lord. For he shall pluck my feet out of the net. Okay. I'm going to talk about some things related. I'm going to start focusing more on business because I think we're in a time where People need it and want it. And I've been doing this for 45 years, and I'm beginning to believe that the best use of this time is for me to impart as much as what I can to you in the form of knowledge about the economy and business. And even a guy that's been doing this for 45 years gets thrown some loops. So you know what today is? Yep, it's the 20th anniversary of... The founding of Dupree Financial Group. Yeah. So our firm has been in business for 20 years. I've been in the business 45. That's a pretty big milestone. This firm's been in the business for 20 years. So anyway, big sigh. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm happy. You know, it could have been a lot worse. We've seen a lot in 20 years, yeah. haven't we? Yeah, quite a bit, actually. You know, yeah. And you know what? This Psalm 
It's true. I mean, you pay attention. You ask God to guide you. And you stay the course. You don't drift around. Good things can happen to you. Well, starting in 2003, and then in 2008 is when the financial crisis struck. It's also when this show was started, May of 2008. Which is in, an interesting time to, to start a radio show, too. Lots of good things to... Well, there was a lot to talk about what, back then, a lot. And I don't know, what's that, 15 years. So we've had shows every weekend. Sometimes we've run reruns, but mainly we've had fresh content every weekend. And so that's what... 15 times 52 weeks, so, you know, you're looking. And then you multiply the hours. 50 to 780, and then the amount of hours. I mean, it's well over 1,000, probably closer to 2,000. For a while, you were doing five hours a weekend, which I cannot even imagine. I couldn't. I mean, it was fun. I, that That's because, well, you, that was early on when you had a lot, a whole lot. There was so much going on. There's a lot going on now. Well, we were at the radio station back then. Now we're in our office. We use a board and we record it. Back then we had to do everything live. And there was a certain rhythm to it when you've got a producer in the other room. I mean, you're really at a radio studio, and this is different. All right, let's don't go too far on that. All right, get back to your subject. I want to talk about this other stuff. So the Federal Reserve has been jacking around with interest rates. But bonds have been resisting uh, this. And at the same, they, they, the rates on bonds have been staying sort of in a trading range. And it's looking like they've been going lower, especially the 10-year U.S. Treasury, until couple of days ago there's three major bond rating agencies moody standard and poor's and fitch fitch has always been considered sort of a side thought moody's and s&p downgraded the u.s treasury bond rating from triple a to double a plus and double a one oh i don't know a few years ago all of a sudden, Fitch pulls up in the last week and decides they're going to downgrade the U.S. from AAA to AA+. And it has created a drop in Treasury bond values. This from the Wall Street Journal. The decision by Fitch ratings on Tuesday to downgrade U.S. debt has jolted Wall Street and Washington. But why is anyone surprised? The downgrade to AA plus from AAA may even be an overly optimistic assessment of the U.S. fiscal outlook, and it ought to be a warning to the political class, which will ignore it. And, you know, I've written a text to our congressman, Andy Barr. I said, you know, this happened on your watch. You ought to be ashamed of this. And, of course, he came back and justified what they did. He, You know, if we hadn't done this and this, 
it's always a straw man argument with these guys. They never say, yeah, we're wrong and we should change. No, it's, we had to do this to do that. It's all justification. Everybody in Washington will be running around self-justifying the fact that they really spend all their money out raising money for the next campaign, which they will either win, lose, or not do as well as they expected, and then basically compromise with the Democrats some more. The bottom line is all of this spending started out as, well, anyway, I don't need to go there, but the, it's, it's out of control, and there is nothing that's going to be done yet short of a crash in the Treasury bond market to get it back in line because we're not on a path of sustainability. Uh, Fitch complained about the debt limit standoff. The Wall Street Journal says we don't think they're such a bad idea. But Fitch's decision captures the unseriousness of America's economic decision-making. See, that's the part of this that is troubling. For, for evidence, consider how much the U.S. fiscal and political outlook has deteriorated since the previous downgrade in 2011. And I think, actually, the Moody's downgrade, that was S&P. Moody's might have downgraded them in 08. Anyway, nobody seems to care. Now, here's how we've invested around this, because I'm going to give you uh, real examples of what we're doing in the face of this. Uh, we've invested in certain things that are exposed to mortgage-backed securities. What are mortgage-backed securities? Well, they're issued by Freddie Mac, Fannie Mae, some degree, Jenny May. The underlying collateral is home mortgages, mortgages on people's houses. Now, the average mortgage today is a lot better secured than it was in 08, 09. Really, starting in 05, 06, 07, leading up. 08, 09, when we had the financial crisis, you began to get mortgage uh, loan-to-value rates 90, sometimes even 100%, sometimes over 100%. So the, the, the amount on the mortgage was really more than the price of the house. So we had the housing crash. We've come out of it. Now houses are at a premium. And one reason is because it's so expensive to build new houses now with inflation. It's tough to get houses. So therefore, and, and the older mortgages up until two years ago, people were paying two and a half, three percent for a 30 year mortgage. So those mortgages are at a low rate. And because of the housing appreciation, in some cases, they're 60% loan to value. This is the collateral behind mortgage-backed bonds guaranteed by the federal government. The guarantee doesn't even need to be there in some cases. 
because the collateral is sufficient. There is no collateral, on the other hand, behind a U.S. Treasury bond. It is just what's called a debenture. It is simply a license for the federal government to spend more and more. So finally, you know, the rating agencies are saying this rating agency, the other ones have already said it, and they and the other ones may downgrade them again. But these guys finally said enough is enough. Let me tell you something. Any Republican, including our congressman, who tells you he or her, he or she, <laughs> is a fiscal conservative, if you ever hear that said to you in front of you, you sit there and laugh in their face. You point out that they are simply lying through their teeth. They have signed off on more spending increases, and they cannot with any seriousness say they are fiscal conservatives. The reason we have Biden, the reason we have all this overspending is not because of the Democrats. The Democrats have told you from the get-go who they are and what they are. We're going to destroy you. We're going to run you into fiscal profligacy. We are very open about what it is we're trying to do to you. We want to destroy this country, bankrupt it, corrupt it in every way possible. It's in their political platform. The Republicans, on the other hand, say to you, oh, no, we're fiscal conservatives. We're moral conservatives. And then they go around and they do just the opposite. They stab their president in the back like Paul Ryan did to Trump. This is what the Republicans do. And they have to be held account for it. You know, if you go hear any of these people speak, just call them out for what they are. They're not fiscal conservatives. Now, I'm going to talk about how you invest around this stuff, and this is going to, we're going to spend the next two hours discussing these things. And I got to give you some history in order to make this a little more effective. So uh, I will do that. And history is better when you keep repeating it and talking about it. So that's what I'm going to do. As long as history does not repeat itself. It does repeat itself. That's why you study it. All right, so Tom, what are we going out with? Same song we started with. But by a different artist. This is by Larkin Poe. It's a little bit different rendition. Success and retirement begins with a plan, not chance. You've been listening to the Tom Dupree Show, powered by Dupree Financial Group, where your retirement dreams can become a reality. We'll be back with more in a few minutes. Stay tuned.
This is Tom Dupree. What do you know about investing? Perhaps what you know is limited to what you hear on CNBC or read in the Wall Street Journal. You might be surprised to learn that investing can be made a lot simpler than you might imagine. At Dupree Financial Group, it's our aim to make the investment process very clear. If you schedule a complimentary appointment with us to review your retirement investment accounts, we'll describe them for you. Call Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400. Also, be sure to listen to the Tom Dupree Show on Saturday mornings at News Radio 630 WLAP. That's Dupree Financial Group at www.dupreefinancial.com. When I went to school She loved the river And she taught about it too I was a pretty bad boy But she called my bluff With a great big collection Of steamboat stuff Oh yeah She had log books And bells And things like that And she knew the old captains And where they were at She rode the Alabama And the Gordon Sea Green As the Cape Girard Or she was later renamed a hum But her very favorite, as you all know, was the Golden Eagle, Captain Buck's old boat. This old stern wheeler sank and went to heaven when I was in the fourth grade in 1947. Uh-huh. What a fashionable St. Louis society, taking a trip on the Mississippi, sleep in their bunks with an after-dinner drink, they didn't think that the boat would sink, oh no. Well, I know Captain Buck was a very sad man when that old wood hall went into the sand. And Miss Fair seemed sad for sure, but immediately her mind went to work, oh yeah. Well, she did some politic, and that was tricky and hard, and she got the pilot house for the schoolhouse yard. So I started a study, and I became a dreamer, dreaming about boats in the Mississippi River. Uh-huh. Welcome back to the Tom Dupree Show, powered by Dupree Financial Group. Here's our host, Tom Dupree. Many years ago, uh, Glenn Campbell came out with a song. He didn't come out with it, but he recorded the song called Gentle on My Mind. It was actually written by John Hartford. And then he used to have John Hartford on his show, and I think maybe John Hartford even had a show. They had TV shows back then. And John Hartford became... A popular guy, sort of a musical Garrison Keeler in a sense. And uh, John grew up in St. Louis, and uh, he 
went to uh, elementary school, and there was a lady named Miss Ferris who was his well, teacher in the fourth grade. She's a real person. And she rescued the pilot house of the uh, Golden Eagle when it sunk in the river. You know, I mean, it, nobody was killed. It just ran aground and busted the hole. So anyway, the boat had to be, uh, you know, abandoned. She was able to get the pilot house out of it and put it in the schoolyard at their school. This is what captured John Hartford's imagination as a, as a young boy in steamboats. Uh, he later moved to Nashville to pursue his musical career and uh, ended up having a house on the Cumberland River. And uh, he was uh, he became a steamboat pilot. And I think he ran steamboats up and down the Cumberland River. But anyway, John Hartford passed away several years ago. He, you know, he was a guy that I loved his stuff. And uh, I'm going to play, let's see if I can find this. Um, you know, I'll get back to the market stuff here in just a second. Uh, let's see. Where? Good Lord. Um, this is why I'm in charge of the board. Yeah, really. <laughs> Does uh, John Harper? Anyway, he's a guy that my dad used to listen to him. He's kind of a Pete Seeger type, a guy that uh, you talk about John Hartford. Yeah, he's he's a guy that really I don't know. I don't. There really was something about him that gave Dad. A, a sense of, uh, you know, dad had his people that he liked, and um, John Harper was one of them. We it used to must have been to his storytelling more than his voice because his, his voice thing. is, is, um, his voice is scratchy, and it's not completely in right, tune, there's your, there's but it must thing. be the storytelling part of it. And he could, he'd stand up there and dance in front of the, um, in, in front of the audience and he would he would play the banjo Still or the, the fiddle the here we go uh, what more do women want yeah oh, here we go. i didn't know about all that stuff at the front. that's why you listen to it for you where does an old time river man go here we go TV. This is an on-the-fly music selection. Where does no time river man go after he's passed away? This is a good song. Does a soul still keep a watch on the deep for the rest of the river days? Does he then come back as a channel cat all the wall? Line on the wheel or the birds that fly in the summer sky or the fish swimming under the keel Where does an old time pilot go after he stood his last watch? Does he 
fall by the ear of a man who steers Saying hold her on that notch There's a gentle sneeze in the river breeze Saying son, I'm going to bed And they light their pipes go off in the night was that fireflies instead? All right. Well, anyway. I like that one a little bit better than the John Hartford song. What it is more? a John Hartford song. What? Different guy singing. Yeah, but anyway, <laughs> the point is. What is the point? He liked riverboats, and he was a guy who talked about things. His songs were really good. All right, let me get back to this boring market stuff. Now. Make it interesting then. Here's why I'm going to say I don't think we're going to have more inflation. Uh, You're seeing stories come out saying the rising bond term premium indicates investors are starting to demand greater compensation to bear heightening risks from inflation and an increase in issuance. Now, that part, yes, I would agree with. Yields in the yield curve are rising today in a bear steepening. Yes, that's true. This comes after a tumultuous seven days for bonds after the Bank of Japan's policy tweak, Fitch's downgrade, and the Treasury's increased borrowing and issuance needs. All true. All true. However, there are certain things that are beginning to come down. Uh, We see oil going higher, but there's some reasons for that. Part of that is that the Saudis, and I'm going to talk about oil in a little bit. Part of that is because the Saudis are cutting back production to try to get the price higher. Another reason is... We have not had the drilling, the rig count has continued to go lower, but that's on the oil side. That's not the only thing that drives inflation. Other things that drive inflation are wages. People are having to pay up to get people to work because they don't want to work. Not that they don't want to work, but they don't seem to really want to work that hard. And I don't know why. But it's a, it's a, it's kind of a um, just seems to be a demographic thing. Finally, <laughs> years of neglect in the educational business have begun to catch up to us. All right, here's here's why I don't think inflation is going to go higher and stay higher. There, there are certain things that are beginning to not sell as fast as they had had in the past. One of those is houses. Part of the reason house prices remain elevated is because there's not that much supply. But over time, we have always figured out a way to bring supply to the market when it needs to be there. Gasoline prices, yes, they are they are inching up right now, but 
Diesel is still at three ninety nine. It got up to six dollars a year and a half ago. Food inflation is starting to moderate. In fact, one of the things that we've seen with one of the grocery store companies that we have stock in is that something that might begin to uh, be a drag on their earnings is that the pricing power on food is starting to come down. Would you not agree with that? I mean, eggs got up to what? Six bucks a dozen higher. That was because of the the chicken. Well, it was, but their their eggs are back down right again, right? Well, all I know is it seems like uh, we don't buy eggs that often, but I I can't remember what I bought the other. Oh, it was just this simple bakery good, and it had increased. It's increased twenty five percent in the last year. But what's the last time you bought it? What do you mean? What's the last time I buy it on a regular basis? But over the it? past six months, what is it? It's those gluten-free muffins that I enjoy half That's of one for breakfast. Because they know they've got you, you know. No, I mean they originally they were for something for six and or something like that, and now nasty. and now they're five sixty nine. You know what? You don't know how good they are because I hide them from you. So uh, whatever. Yeah. All right. That. I don't believe we're going to go into an inflationary spiral like what we've had. We've already seen it begin to go lower. I think this pop-up in Treasury yields, yeah, it could go higher, but I think it's kind of a gift to the bond market, and there will be some money made at some point, and it may have to blow off. We may see Treasury yields get to 5% on the 10-year. Could happen happened before i've seen them go to 15 percent nearly that was in the early 80s um we could get a little blowout off on the upside but the the thing is be patient i don't see this going into an inflationary spiral and if that's the case And on the other side of this thing, anything interest sensitive, anything that has its wagon hitched to bonds or loans or fixed income securities over the long haul will do well. And I think even growth stocks may do well. They're they're getting hammered today, but this is too thirsty. I mean, time you listen to this on Saturday, we may have already had a rally on Friday. I don't know. Now, here's something you do need to know, and I'm going to, This is going to go into our discussion on oil. Ford Motor Company is going to lose $4.5 billion on electric vehicles this year, up from $2.1 billion last year. Ford is down 48% since January of 2022. General Motors, I'm going to make a a really wild statement here. I think the push towards electric vehicles could bankrupt the major car companies. And I mean bankrupt them. I think this electric vehicle fiasco is so bad and that you're being lied to on so many levels about the benefits and what it takes to produce them. And it's just, 
It's just an absolute falsehood. And I think it has a chance. And the the problem with the car companies is they're run by people who are willing to go along with what the government tells them to do, and they're going to go right off the cliff with it. You know? And um, it's not working. Nobody will buy these things unless there are severe government subsidies for buying them. Nobody. And I wouldn't... I wouldn't say nobody. There, there are people there, that are yeah, there driving are them right now. There are people that are stupid enough to buy them. And I, I'm, I'm, I don't mean to offend anybody, but you just got to be a fool to think that this is a good long-term thing to have. There are, And there are people out there who simply are in well-paid positions who just don't think it through, and they they say, "Well, everybody says let's go electric, so let's do it." And I don't know if that's the case or not. I think that some people, when gas prices were so high, it was a decision to not pay high gas prices. Oh, let me ask you this: the thing that would push gas prices higher would that not also push coal prices higher and other prices? of producing electricity and how many how many electric panels can be built to really i mean we've been putting electric and wind panels all over the place and we're still barely up to four percent of electric production you know how many what would it take to get it to 40 percent cover the entire surface of the earth cover every bit of uh, agricultural cropland in America. Oh, that's fine. We don't really need to eat food. We can eat electricity. We could cover every rooftop with solar panels. What happens when you have to uh, change your shingles? What, What do you do then? How do you, you know, get up under those solar panels I don't know the technicalities, but I know they in Arizona it's way more prevalent just because they've got sunshine all the time and it's super hot. Yeah, you know how hot those things get. They produce they can, a lot of energy they that can way. Melt. Yeah, I'm not saying it's not a good supplemental thing. I mean, if I had 40 acres in Arizona, a desert, I might put an acre's worth of solar panels on there, run my house off of it. You ain't running a major city off of it. Let's don't argue that. No, no argue to it. It's just different sides of the... The point is, so that's another thing altogether. We've been told to believe that this is the right way to go, just like we've been told that there's global warming. We've been told a lot of things, (laughs) a lot of things. And if you don't have a healthy skepticism what the government tells you and the media tells you. But I still believe that inflation is on its way down. The numbers are beginning to bear it out. I don't believe it's from what the Fed did. I don't believe it was from raising interest rates. I believe that I can't see that the raising of interest. See, here's why I don't believe that the Fed raising interest rates had anything to do with lowering the inflation rate. The reason is raising interest rates is designed to slow down the economy. 
and the economy isn't slowing down that fast that you would expect, but inflation itself is coming down. Could we potentially have a strong economy and inflation inflation getting lower on its own? Absolutely. And then the Fed's cranking interest rates would have had nothing to do with the lowering of inflation because the cranking of interest rates is simply designed to slow down the economy. Well, the only people that's going to slow down are real estate developers. It's going to slow down the housing business because people don't want to pay 7% on a mortgage. It's going to get higher here pretty soon. It's going to slow those things down, but the core economy is still understaffed from COVID and there's still business out there to be done. Productivity gains in the, now that there are uh, fewer workers, companies are having to figure out how to produce more with less workers. (coughs) That leads to productivity gains. Productivity gains can actually lower inflation with a strong economy. Companies that don't need to borrow a lot of money are actually helped by higher interest rates because they may have excess cash on their balance sheet, which now they're getting 5% on, whereas before they were getting nothing. So it can actually... This cranking of interest rates can actually do the very opposite of what the Fed wanted it to do. It can be a financial windfall to companies that are sitting on excess cash. Anyway, let's get into oil in the next hour. All right. Now, who is this? This is Ryan Cook, it says, singing. That's John uh, Hartford singing. Well, he sounds a lot better than he did in that first rendition. All right. Life may be unpredictable, but your retirement plan doesn't have to be. This is the Tom Dupree Show, powered by Dupree Financial Group, where your future and your financial part of your life is our top priority. Stay tuned. We'll be back in just a few minutes with the financial hour. I thought this was the financial hour. It's all turning into the financial hour. 